Hey, audio-only listener, you are in a rare club. You are old school doing the radio thing. Most people are either watching uh, visually on YouTube or, of course, behind uh, the Mug Club membership because there are a lot of exclusive visual sketches and elements that you don't get in the audio-only version. But uh, either way, you can join up and support this show if you want it to keep going at ladderwithcrowder.com slash Mug Club. We really appreciate you listening or watching on YouTube and uh, hope to see you on the other side, ladderwithcrowder.com slash Mug Club. Louder with Crowder Studios, protected exclusively by Walther and Hopper. Nosotros somos Club. no los mariconas, YouTube heroes, hijueputas! ¿Dónde está? Air Boobox. No! No Air Boobox! It's about to feel stupid. visto uno antes. No nunca he tenido el placer de ver uno en persona. Seven duches. Chino. Gordita. Como un bebé. Violmente te reí sus creantes. Te rompen la mitad. Sígame. Mo Club siempre empieza. Que la verdad es lo mejor. Como es los despedes. Un grande Chistos, El cacho. Yo espero el mismo estrés. Pudenes. Una vez. Porque en el trato con la LPNC. Nos dijendo habían clasificados a 900 organizaciones como grupo sodio. La mejor oportunidad de tumbar al MUCLOB como uno. Negro, por favor. Pero no van a 
Ana Monclova. Y se trata de mexicanos. Se lo come mi arrogano chino mixto. chairs too cool for school right now uh yeah I can feel it. perhaps a little inebriated but i do uh, uh, i'm a big a fan of course defendgavin.com gavin yes. mcinnis how are you sir hello everyone how are you i see what you did there see usually a hat would be worn under the headphones <laughs> mm, well if your hat has that. a brim then you have to wear it on top of your headphones and it takes intense balancing but i was an african woman for many years and mm-hmm. we would go and collect water from a river that was about a four miles from our mud hut was this in a previous <laughs> life or just when you were a racist uh, no, I, I identified as an African <laughs> okay, woman. All right, okay. that's fair. And, and then someone said, why don't you move the mud hut next to the water? And I had never thought of that, and I stopped carrying water on my head. That makes oh. sense, but you still wear the hat nice. uh, above so, the headphones. Like Quarter Black is uh, here. There you go. Show him your hood pass. That's uh, awful. And no. uh, G. Morgan Jr., what's the wine of the day? Sir? Wine of the day is Lang Twins Pinot Noir. Lang Lang and I'm leaving this Remember, you were a big it. fan of the Lang Twins. Yeah, I'm leaving it. You met them in the, uh, in the restroom anymore. at the rest stop, uh, and you took a white stance uh, like Larry Clay. Uh, uh, quick question wow. of the day. We're going to be talking about Jack Dorsey, of course. That's been the topic of this week. Where do you line up here? Is it time for the government to regulate big tech as public utilities? I know there's some different opinions on the right. I'm not quite there we talked about it during ash wednesday yesterday yeah uh, we'll run through the clips yeah, of joe tough. rogan and sam harris and, and all the stuff going on with yeah. jack dorsey all right before we get to that happy valentine's day oh yeah, yeah. said you, everyone Eddie. this morning Thank and you. my heart just about sank through my bottom oh. I, had ge- I genuinely forgot about valentine's day did you really yes slate oh, no. didn't though slate is actually claiming that donald trump is ruining sex this comes oh, from slate, citing <laughs> quote post-trump sex disorder they claim donald trump created feelings of fear loathing and of just not wanting to have sex. So, yeah, amongst your other personal problems, you can now blame Trump for your sexual dysfunction. Uh, unsurprisingly, though, Pfizer has already developed a drug to help. Oh, good. Have you been struggling with an embarrassing problem for, frankly, like the last two years? Does reading Fox and BuzzFeed, okay, leave you feeling like not quite a bad? Do President Trump's witty tweets leave your dick soft? That, frankly, Trump Alice, okay, is for you. Trump Alice. Do not use Trump Alice during historic job growth. Trump Alice is not covered by Obamacare. Trump Alice may not be effective if you're vegan, drive an electric car, or live in San Francisco. Erections from Trump Alice may last four years. Should your erection last a second term, consult your physician, though there's pretty much nothing you can do. Trump Alice. Not for Mexicans. <laughs> it almost seems like he's not the person who should oh be narrating that. That's, uh, that's terrible. It almost yeah, seems like a conflict of interest. There. I agree with everything you've been saying, by the way. Jokes are my reality now. Like, my sex life has been hurt by Trump. My wife doesn't like Trump. And I think, I don't think Mexicans have a problem with with erectile dysfunction. Oh, I don't know. Because there are so many of them. But also because a lot of them are Catholic. Also, we should note that your wife doesn't like Trump because you do refer to your small member as Trump. That's the nickname oh, yeah. people need to be letting on that. In international news, there was an explosion in a German chocolate factory. Oh, yeah. The firefighters closed off the... What were you about to say? Don't do that. You sounded like Bill uh, Superfoot uh, Wallace in the first UFC. Did you hear when he was commentating? He goes, and with fighting... <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh God, that guy just lost. This his is tooth. literally his face. He goes. <laughs> Did you really do that? On air, I swear I to you. I watched Google Bill Superfoot Wallace. And it oh, wasn't, awesome. the fights hadn't even started. I'm I, I think Brian right Kilmeade was there. He goes, hey, uh, uh, I, I just like, like a look of horror on his face <laughs> where he knows he's been immediately laid off. German oh. chocolate factory uh, exploded. Uh, this comes from NBC News. The firefighters closed off the street and shoveled the chocolate about 108 square feet. I'm surprised they don't use meters here. To one side before a specialist cleaning company cleaned the road. Uh, unfortunately, that specialty cleaning company turned out to be a refugee rape gang. Led oh. by none other than the uh, notorious Augustus Muhammad Gloop. Yeah, that was sad <laughs> to find. Look at the monster you created, Wait, Osama bin Waka. Oh. Look at the monster oh. you have created. Oh my gosh. This is unnecessary. I don't think I don't feel good about bringing Gene Wilder into this. No, yeah. no. It hurts. I She's was never treasure. in the nation of Islam. You're lying. No, no, never, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's a sad waste of chocolate right there. Especially on Valentine's it's Day. Come sad, on. Oh, and it's yeah. a sad waste of a good Gene Wilder impression. Let's is, be honest. Yeah, this is not true. when I wanted to take <laughs> that out. Uh, should save it. Turning to the 2020 race, because that interests Gavin, I know. Ooh. Oh, the hat's gone. His oh, sex next, will get better if, you know, if Trump loses, apparently. That's true. So. Do you find yourself conflicted? What do you mean? Well, <laughs> you, 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 when it comes to sex, there's no conflict. There's I'll no take con it anywhere, in any way, shape, or form. Oh. Yeah, but you, you said so Cory Booker can count on your vote. Oh, that whoa. That's a bit too far. <laughs> what am I conflicted about, Trump? Well, no, because you said your, your sex life was harmed by Trump. Yes. No, no, no. I don't masturbate. So okay. how does uh, that? What the? Sex is happening. Sex is happening. <laughs> It's, right. it's almost like, sorry. Like, as I walk towards her, I'm like, sorry. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to either. You signed it's, on for this ride. You knew what you were, we're getting. We're both <laughs> involuntary here. Yeah, so you mentioned that you had Gary Wilson on your show, and he talked about that. Guys who weren't using pornography were chasing their wives around. And, and most wives yeah. like it. Yeah. Fortunately, uh, not Well, if you, if, if you masturbate and you watch porn and your wife puts you in the doghouse, you're like, fine. I'll set up in the doghouse. Yeah. Yeah. But when she cuts off the spigot and there's no other option... It sucks to be in the doghouse. Mm. Sounds like she has a lot of control over you. Turning to the 2020 <laughs> race, uh, Cory Booker, speaking of which, he claimed oh. that our planet simply can't sustain people eating no. meat. No, it can't. This is what he said, the, uh, the vegan presidential <laughs> candidate. There's a, those are words that I never thought I would say. Can you imagine right, telling yeah. that to Taft? Is he a vegan? <laughs> so sad. Concerned about That's meat awesome. consumption, he warned that the greenhouse, gas, greenhouse gases produced by the industry are, quote, not practical. And unfortunately, this led to the decline in stock prices for Dairy Futures, Tyson Foods, and the swift execution of all participating dancers at New Jersey's Beef Cakes. Yeah, so oh, unintended oh consequences. Gosh. Yeah, that's, that's the wrong beef, I think. That's yeah, awesome. I don't think it's the wrong beef. Well, <laughs> It's just a different flavor of okay. beef. Okay, I'm going to say no to that one. You had a point here there, uh, Gavin. I believe so. No? What are we talking about? We were talking about beef cakes. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and we were doing the show pitch. You mentioned New York and abortion, something like that. Oh, yeah. Another great way to reduce carbon emissions. Smooth. Well, sorry. You're calling back to something from like 80 hours ago. Uh, another great thing about New you York. You wrote it down. It's in front of you. <laughs> a great thing. <laughs> the show, the meeting was this All morning. Right. Oh, Don't distract me. I remember now the thing in my face. Um... Yeah, no, New York is working hard on that. We have, uh, you can just abort a baby whenever you want. It could be 35 years old. We had a, <laughs> we had a, the Freedom Tower was lit up pink the day we decided you could have an abortion uh, at nine months. Right. Cuomo, the Catholic school educated governor, said, yay, P pink power, we can kill babies. Now, they can't do that in Jersey, unfortunately, <laughs> so they have to go to veganism. But we can just get to 
kill kids at random. I know. Look, and then get, was it, who was it uh, that died and they didn't have the, the, the uh, flag at half mass, Barack Obama? I don't know. Oh, it was somebody. I remember that. I though. don't know, that but, big... you know, killing 40 book old babies is definitely at full mass. Look, gas mm. is natural. It's a very natural thing from these animals, so sure. that's fine, right? But vegans, I've never seen healthy vegans. I'm not, I'm not kidding. Oh, I'm not trying to make a joke. Oh, your point so pedestrian. It's so true. I know some healthy vegans. No, Mike, you don't. Mike Mahler. He's not healthy. He's very healthy. He's only healthy when you see him. No, he's sick every other day. I don't know. I follow his Instagram, and I think you're lying. Oh, well, fine. There's a lot of unhealthy non-vegans when you go to Walmart. Oh, of course. Yes, that's true. (laughs) The people of Walmart. Please don't get me thinking of that song again. Or the studio. You find a lot of unhealthy non-vegans as well. Uh, Here's something that's pretty troubling. A mother in the UK was arrested after dead naming a tranny on Twitter. Dead naming, by the way, means misgendering. Yeah. But that's the term now. Dead naming. So they make it sound more sinister. It's like it's. What are you talking about? Are you talking about? Killing a nine-month-old? No, we're pro-choice. Oh, you mean right. that I use the scientifically proper pronoun? Dead naming. <laughs> Isn't that it's like calling Bruce Jenner? That's dead naming. Yes. You're using yeah. their well, dead name. Well, I think if you just if you said, if you said he, it comes from the Daily Mail anyway, yeah. so it's dead a silly dating. place. Uh, <laughs> claiming harassment and malicious communications, police arrested her, this mom, in front of her children, and they held her for seven hours. Wow. To be fair to the police, they did find these friendly refugees to babysit, so it wasn't all oh, that. Nice. Yeah, well, those guys look good. Yeah. Yeah. It's convenient. Yeah. Well. This is the country, by the way, that probably sacrificed more than almost anybody during World War II to make sure that we fought the exact forces that are taking them over, and now it's yeah. literally 1984 all over again. I mean, the book is becoming true reality, and we can watch it. It well, sucks. They call it dead naming, and they go, you've killed me by getting my gender wrong. And then right. you look at the person, you go, you look like my dad <laughs> with a girl drawn on your face. Yes. And let's be Sorry. honest. Let's be honest. There was a 42% chance. You're going to do it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not happy about it. Ouch. I'm only happy Ouch. that I've won this exchange right now. Uh, finally, oh let's move gosh. on because this is definitely demonetized. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Kamala right. Harris. <laughs> Look at Gavin. He's doing this. Yeah. Oh, I've, been, I've been deplatformed and now we just did the dead naming. But uh, finally, uh, Kamala Harris, because we love her. We're going to do everything yeah. wrong with Kamala Harris next week, by the way. Every oh, single Democratic no. candidate, we're going to do a, they That's call a it dive show. in now on all of these candidates, every single one. Kamala Harris is up next. Uh, she claimed that she used to get high in high school. Yeah. Or so it was college, college. college. In college yeah. while she was listening to Snoop Dogg in Tupac. Wow. Uh, Reason pointed this out. Here's the problem. Harris graduated from college and law school in the late hmm. 80s. Snoop and Pac didn't actually debut until the early 90s. And you were mentioning oh. this, too, earlier, that Tupac at this point was in New Orleans. Tupac was a very effeminate drama club kid in New Orleans, and he was really big into dance. He loved to dance, dance, dance. Really? Okay. Yeah. And then he did so the he movie. he was Ethel Merman. He did the movie. He was. <laughs> he had more in common with Ethel I Merman. See, I see no changes. Clang, clang, clang went the trolley. <laughs> yes. And then he did Juice, and he played a thug, and people went, you know what? I kind of like the thug guy. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, from now on, I'm a gangster. Well, <laughs> I'm going to get tattoos. So he, he basically just took the role and played it out. Yeah. yeah right? Lots of guys well, like it. De Niro the- was a drama club kid until he was in Mean Streets, and he's like, mm, no, I'm a tough guy. Yeah, yeah, I'm a tough guy. <laughs> yeah. That, that's that's awesome. exactly what we've talked That's all the superheroes as well. People are like, do you think actors take steroids? Well, imagine all of your drama club nerds and make them Superman. <laughs> so um, some people point. say that she was caught in a lie by the way, just trying to pander to the urban audience. Uh, yeah. Others believe she might have been confused with one of the spec scripts to which she's recently been attached, actually, yeah. uh, specifically yeah. regarding time travel, which brings oh, us wow. to this week's 7 Plus 1. You forgot the finance chamber. 
uh, this yeah, week's seven. Pl- always. always forget the always, one in the yeah. chamber. By the way, look at this Every wonderful time. Walther PPK. Isn't, awesome? Isn't it beautiful? Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, it feels good too. It's uh, well, th- that was the one yesterday, I think. But this is a beautiful firearm, and yeah. it's back being made by Walther again. It's not being licensed. That's to, pretty cool. To those hacks at Smith and Wesson. So uh, <laughs> this week's seven plus one is upcoming time traveling film project starring Kamala Harris. Yeah. Oh, so that's apparently nice. what because right. you know Snoop and Peggy. So number Mind seven, uh, Back to the Future, f- liar. Yeah, that's one that seems <laughs> to be. Gavin, you want to? Can you? It's right in front of you. In case you forget, you want to take number six. Yeah. Oh, I like number six. I've actually seen it. It's Kamala and Ted's bogus pandering bo- adventure. That is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Okay. Were you running out of breath? You sounded like the killer in Mind Hunters. I had a pube in my throat. Okay. Oh. I apologize. Oh. Uh, it's your beard. Don't worry. Number five, totally inaccurate recall. That's yeah, one that seems to be. Uh, that goes right into. Let's just keep that up there. Number four, Terminator Two, bad judgment day. I wasn't super proud bad of it, judgment. but it made it in there. Let's go to you. You, you can do number three there. Oh, again. I liked uh, X Men. Future Past. Yes. Oh, Let's check yeah. it out. Very good. And then uh, you were a fan of number two as well. Oh, Hot Tub Lie Machine is a zinger. Hot Tub Lie Machine. And by the way, she put on a stellar performance there as the black guy from The Office. Ooh, uh, nice. And the number one Kamala Harris time traveling project, The Butter Lie Effect. Uh, yeah, that one. And of course, the plus one is time. This has been this week's <laughs> seven plus one. All right. One of these days. Uh, yeah. By the way, I have to look down here Once. because we did. We we were going oh. to give out an award to a trivia winner. Really? But they actually got the trivia wrong. Did they really? We just Ooh. really like. Yeah. So they were wrong. They How said did it was we get Crazy it Pete's wrong? Abortion Emporium. It was uh, abortion. I don't even know what it was. Crazy Pete's Abortion Barn. That's barn. right. Barn. I don't even know. They called it Emporium. It was a stem cell emporium, which was a different. They Dang were mixing it. different areas of uh, Crazy Pete. They, somebody out there got real close. So the winner though is William <laughs> J. Boston at Will Boss eighty eight. Show him you love him. Who correctly answered that Clint Probably. Howard. Played YouTube CEO Susan Wojcicki. Yeah, oh. very nice. You got that right. I just had you a hiccup. Watch, you I just had a really a bad hiccup. <laughs> oh no, the hat's back. The hat's back. <laughs> Did he put it back? Oh, that's geez. a good get, Clint Howard. He's awesome. We wanted He's him hilarious. to always play Susan Wojcicki just because we know how mad she was when she goes. Like, <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't even look like me. And I'm everyone, way hotter than that. And everyone around her is going. He kind of does. There's, it's not that far. Yeah. Off. Uh, I will oh, tell you this about, awesome. about Clint Howard. Have you ever had him on your show? No. He's what you would expect Clint Howard to be. Yeah. <laughs> he was. He did our show from his hot tub naked one time. And yeah. he drops his phone, and we see just a little bit of that kind of fold above the, the, the pecker, and it goes right into the water, <laughs> like it was a sketch. But this actually happened. He calls back, guys, I'm really sorry. I'm using my iPad oh. now. And he's in this cringe terry cloth robe. <laughs> and did it ruin his iPhone? It did. Yeah. It That's did ruin great. his oh, iPhone. That's so funny. And he is, he, here's the one thing I will say about Clint Howard, and it's completely unrelated. He was very, I thought, oh, my gosh, when he was doing, Susan Wojcicki. Maybe we should tell this after the show because I feel like this is inside baseball. The people Uh-oh. should, uh, you know, join Mud Club if they want to actually uh, hear all of these stories. Uh, yeah. But he took so many takes. He'd be like, now am I am I saying, don't be such a Ebenezer to Ebenezer YouTuber? Am I saying like, don't be such a? And he'd do like fifty takes, and I was going, this is going to be terrible. And then when we watched the rushes, we were going. This guy is unbelievable. He knows exactly how he appears on camera, where yeah. his body moves through space. Every single take was gold. That's but awesome. Isn't yeah. 90% of the joke that he's remarkably unattractive? Some would say. Like so, Steve Buscemi? <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's a good friend of the show there. Um, Way to go. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, really I, don't, I'm, I don't think he thinks he's hot. No, I think you're correct. What was I, it? He, he I don't think mo- I'm hot. No, he he played a hot. monster in a film one time. He played the bad guy. <laughs> and they just like, they tossed on an eye patch. They're like, <laughs> are you sure I don't need any prosthetics? Or it feels kind nope. of, you're, you're nope. good. 
He has like a catalog of 300 films. All right. Okay. Wow. So the dive in segment here, again, the question of the day, what do you think about social media? If they need to be regulated as public utilities? Nigel Farage said that last time he was on. Jordan Peterson said that. This brings us to the topic right now. Jack Dorsey, of course, has been appearing all across yeah. new media. I don't, I don't think we should call it new media anymore. Just media. media. Um, yeah, good but media. specifically podcasts, Joe Rogan, Sam Harris, uh, to talk about the company's policies as well as, as free speech. So the problem here is that Dorsey continually, in my opinion, deceives people about Twitter's real policies while dodging questions <laughs> and, uh, and, and criticism. Uh, I think a couple things that are important. Jack Dorsey says that he doesn't want echo. That's what he says. He, says he doesn't right. want echo chambers. But it's important to delineate the difference between, I agree, I think all of us would agree that targeted harassment, targeted yeah. libel, something that could result in doxing, physical yep, right. harm, yeah. that has no role on social media because it's a crime in real life, by yeah. the way. But that's not the same as an echo chamber. And watch him talk about echo chambers here on, uh, I think this is Joe Rogan. Yeah. yeah. We do incentivize a lot of echo chambers because we don't make it easy for people to- Sounds like he's saying he emphasized, but follow yeah. he sounds slightly topics. shamed. Okay. So, he feels um, shame. If I followed posture. a bunch of accounts that, like, like Boris Johnson, who was constantly giving me information about reasons to leave. Talking about Brexit. Yeah. I would probably really only know. see that perspective. Nigel and Farage. If, if yeah, you made a those, mistake, those, you would probably only see one perspective. A lot of folks just yeah. will not follow accounts that have a completely different perspective That's or a different influence. But he's turned, he's turned the whole thing into do. a bubble. Hopefully yeah, journalists right. do. But most people won't do that work. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. And here you mm. kind of see the solution there where it's about, he was looking at Garrett, like, why is Garrett doing this just so I know how short the clip is? Gavin is very, it's because he can't see outside ha! the brim of your hat. Ha! Um, Notice the solution here is always to try and engineer people. It's like, well, people yeah. don't follow people with opposing viewpoints. By the way, we always encourage you to. We always encourage you to read Huffington Post and Salon yeah. and go watch Fox every single day. We tell you uh. to go read the Green New Deal for yourself. So if people make the mistake of not doing that, that's on them. But I find it really interesting that he brings up Brexit. And he yeah. mentions that as an echo chamber. Here's what, here's what he's missing. All of the mainstream media, BBC, and everyone here in the States, all of the news outlets promoted anti-Brexit propaganda. Yeah. It's, by the way, they were so surprised when Brexit happened because yeah. they believed their own lies. And because Twitter and new media was designed to be an alternative platform, what you are seeing are alternatives uh, alternative points of view. That's what I think people yeah. are missing here. Boris Johnson is not more powerful than the BBC, nor is Nigel Farage, but yeah. you get him on Twitter and people are actually able to hear his ideas. They say, well, that's a little bit interesting. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know that because I never heard it before. Well, and I, For once. Th this ha we do have diversity of ideas here. You, you want people to be able to hear the other side. Basically what he's saying is not that I don't want diversity of ideas. He's like, I just don't want the ideas I disagree with. He's the well, he's authoritarian. Not saying that there yet, but he, we'll get. To but that's his point. What was with the hypocrisy of that statement, though? He's sitting there saying, "I, I, I people get into a bubble and they don't look to, up to other right. views." Meanwhile, hey, you want a different view? Why don't you go look up Gavin McInnes on Twitter or Owen Benjamin on Twitter or Alex Jones on Twitter? So he's censoring people, creating yeah. a bubble, and then saying, "There's this problem where people just get in a bubble. They're too lazy." <laughs> that's a really good point. You're the one. Your your whole thing is a bubble now, dude. Yeah, that's a good point. Really quick, like. Uh, just no, recently, by the way, when you hit the bell, you want to come, don't don't not take your breath before I go to you. <laughs> Garrett's like, I, I want to say something. I'm like, okay, Garrett. <laughs> 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 Inhale. <laughs> All right, Bill Superfoot, go so, ahead. So <laughs> ahead, recently, recently, YouTube tweeted out, "Oh, wouldn't it be horrible? Imagine if you couldn't watch the videos you love." What from YouTube? Yeah. You're, like, you're yeah. the, that would be terrible. Yeah. What if they were demonetized too? <laughs> what if people who were subscribed to your videos weren't able to find them? 
<laughs> I don't know what. And here's what's crazy. You know, leftist echo chambers are fine. Right. Right-wing echo chambers become hate speech. And now we just, well, let's just not have right-wing echo chambers at all. Let's just get rid of all of the people. By the way, defendgavin.com so you can go and uh, help him with his fight with yes. the SPLC. New media, everyone was so excited about it when it started. And I remember talking about this yeah. two, three years ago when this was a once-a-week, three-hour show. Everyone was saying, well, there's no barrier to entry now. I said, watch. When you see some conservatives, when you see alternative viewpoints doing well, the sharks are going to come. Yeah. You're mm -hmm. going to see them, particularly from old media, ABC, NBC, CBS, Viacom, right. CNN, right, Turner. You're going to see them go after YouTube, where they cannot win on a level playing field as it relates to viewers, as it relates to content. So how do they win? Money and censoring the opposition. And here we are now. This was the whole purpose to new media, was so that someone like a Boris Johnson or a Nigel Farage could have just as loud of a voice as right. the BBC. Yeah, right. Gavin. We should make it clear, too, there, there is such a thing as Nazis. There is yes. a tiny yeah. group of Pepe nutbars who Photoshop you and I with swastikas and gas chambers, and they talk about the JQ and the 14 words and the 88 and all their little jargon and stuff. And if you allow those guys into your platform, it tends to be pretty bad for your platform. They tend to just make everyone go, I'm getting out of here. Right. They're sort of like right. the gremlins we were talking about the other yeah. day, but yeah. on the other side. But that's a it's very... It's like letting a bunch of guys crap in the parking lot where everyone's tailgating. Exactly. No one else wants to be there. Right. But those, those tailgate crappers are a very <laughs> tiny sliver, and they're very easy to identify. Right. And yeah. I think Twitter started out doing a pretty good job of getting rid of that tiny minority of lunatic Nazis, maybe like 1% of, of the population, or, or much less, actually, right. half a percent. And then... They, they were normal for a while, and comedians could tell horrible jokes and iron out content, and it's pretty fun. And then, using the justification of the sliver, the tailgate crappers, they started just getting anyone Christian, right. conservative, right. remotely controversial, and now it's kind of the opposite. By the way, the only people I know who use the term nut bar are you and Kevin O'Leary. You know, you're sounding like some kind of a left-wing nut bar. I'm out. That's what he sounds like. Uh, he's Canadian too, isn't he? He is. Oh, he is. Yeah. He's conservative, but he like hey, he's Canadian conservative. You know, right, like, right. Conservative is like yes, and I don't think you need a gun clip with more than five bullets. You're like yeah, he wow, wants to you get down know to 90 almost tax. What do you want? You're a nut bar. Uh, by the way, in his interview with Dorsey, actually Sam Harris who I would actually, I would love to have Sam Harris in the show, but yes. I do find listening to his show sometimes painful. Yeah. It can be very dull. Uh, but it doesn't mean that it's not There's a good slow. show. I just have to watch it. Sometimes it's out of necessity. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Sam Harris pointed out that a liberal feminist, by the way, was banned for saying that men aren't women. Here you go. Megan Murphy, who... She's feminist, but she's not sufficiently woke, apparently, on, on the transgender topic. And she, she wrote a tweet which I believe read, men are not women and got suspended over that tweet. It suspended right away. And, and yeah. not to tell my own mm -hmm. sub story, when there was a clear concerted campaign led by, as you mentioned, white supremacist websites, and of course they're acquiescent liberals on social media, to defame and paint me as a neo-Nazi with fake tweets like gas the Jews, hang the N-words. Twitter, by the way, took no action yeah. to have those false, yeah, libelous tweets removed. That's important. That's, they, they said that they're repeated. This is what, it's like the timeline with the FAQ from uh, uh, Cortez. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah. it was the wrong one. You answered questions all day. <laughs> all day long. I made a mistake all day long, okay? What do you want? <laughs> googly, googly. Oh I feel like she, she would fit right in in, in like she Sesame Street in like would. a trash can. Come out like, I'm trying to sleep in here. Well, look, if you're going to talk about echo chambers, the Silicon Valley echo chamber well, hold on is probably saying, let's bring the up uh, Too Cute Maddie. Bring up the overlay here, the memes. Some of them remain up today, by the way. Yeah. The repeated, targeted, yeah. libelous tweets. Trying to destroy the ability for everyone here to make a living. Uh, didn't violate Twitter's policies. No. 
And no, by the way, fine. also tried to dox me. It just didn't work. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're still up today. Go ahead. Yeah, well, no, I, I was going to kind of mention that too. Like, I understand if somebody wants to post something like that, like he said, that little sliver that's going to post something, as soon as you bring it up, it should be taken care of. That would be a level playing field, right? Hey, sorry, that's true. You're not that guy. We're going to pull it down. Right. But they live in the Silicon Valley echo chamber. That's their echo chamber. They're like, well, I don't want this point. It's like, I don't want a Brexit like, echo chamber or conservative. Yeah. What, what do you think, Mark and Susan? Yes. Yeah, echo chambers <laughs> As are they bad. hear themselves <laughs> from everywhere. There's it's a like, consensus. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, they, feel good they don't about understand it. that when they call us white nationalists, white nationalists get pissed. And go, hey, 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 hey. we worked hard on this race thing. I hate that cuck. He's always cucking for shekels. He's a race-mixing Jew lover who hangs out with gays. I don't like that guy. And it's sort of like 9-11, too, where they go, 9-11 was an inside job. And the terrorists go, hey, hey, hey. We busted our ass on that attack. Right. Taking Martin, down the Twin Towers. Martin Sheen is sitting there like, I'm pretty sure it was, uh, it was Dick Cheney. Dick, Dick Cheney <laughs> with, with some bird Gosh. shots. It's, by the way, it's especially funny that Jack in that interview, Jack Dorsey, he mentions uh, journalists. He, he specifies the importance ah. of journalists since Twitter goes out of its way to ensure that the hypersensitive leftist journalists don't receive any criticism at all. No. Remember, people who jokingly <laughs> tweeted, learn to code at the journalists, were suspended Immediately, yep. record time. Yeah, they were gone. Learn, learn to, to code. code. That, was journalist. Funny, that was the funniest thing that I had seen. I was just like, this is perfect. They're, they're banning people for saying this. And that's what they said when it was, what, the Virginia Cole you know guys ban- or something they're, like they're that? They're banning people for acerbic wit now. Yeah. There's no swear words in that. Exactly. It's just a very succinct like, and mean thing to say. To it's like if, if, if computers existed back in the time of Jack Benny. He'd be like, learn to code. <laughs> it's also good advice you know they'd have better job security if they knew how to code I don't, is it about jack please we would love to have you on this program and of course we would be fair is it about preventing right-wing ideas and or science from spreading or is it about echo chambers let us know i think another point that uh people really need to at least it needs to be illuminated is the reasons for the bans yeah. uh because dorsey's been going around and i want to know also by the way another question how do you think the interviewers have treated him? I've heard a lot of people complain, saying that they thought he wasn't pressed enough by some of these podcasts, and then some people say that they think it's productive if he's on any podcast at all. Uh, I fall somewhere in the middle. I think it's productive if he's on a podcast, but not if he repeatedly lies and then switches yeah. those lies. Said, just kidding, yeah. I had my fingers crossed, yeah. which we'll get to in a little bit. Apparently we went back to nobody, Jack Bannier. <laughs> <laughs> I had my fingers crossed! Right. I don't know what's and, happening. And nobody's I, calling him on it. I mean, it's kind of hard to call out the guy who is the gatekeeper, essentially, right? We, That's it, tough. Yeah. But it's hard to call out people. Unless you're 60 Minutes, you're so happy to get a huge guest like that. i got to be honest. If I had Jack Dorsey, I would spend the interview kissing his ass. Really? Yes. Probably, I would just... probably physically, and then you would get fired. <laughs> and then I might talk. Have you seen this video of Gavin kissing someone's ass? Like, oh, yeah, it's oh, Jack Dorsey. It's Jack. Again. It's on the cheeks. It has like a million plays. <laughs> but you, if, if you... Somebody Photoshop that, please. We're so mentally oh, yeah. obese these days, and we're so bad at conflict, that when you get a good guest... And you hammer them. You have a back and forth. You'll never get a liberal again. You'll never right. get a famous yeah. person again. Right. So you have to sort of, it's like feeding a squirrel. You have to be like, thanks for coming on the show, Jack. Okay, you do your propaganda, and then I'll maybe cast aspersions after you leave. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Right. And, but, true, I think it's an important point that kind of segues into the fact that Dorsey repeatedly said that Twitter should have been more clear uh, about why people were banned, what the terms of service specify. But here he is explaining it. To realize that we're probably going to make some mistakes along the way, and... <clears throat> All we can do to like that beard. correct some of that is just be open about where we are. And that's probably where we Very failed angular. the most in the past is we just haven't been open about our like thinking process, um, what led to particular decisions, how our terms of it's service just, evolved. This is, this is the go-to. Whenever yeah. someone gets banned, it's, well, well, well yeah. if you read the terms of service, you'd know why you were banned. 
But then if you ask them how a specific person violated the terms of service, they refuse to give an answer. Watch Dorsey do it right here. I'm not, I'm not sure what the, what the actual, like, you know, violations <laughs> were. Um, but we have, uh, we have a set number of, of actions. Megan oh, Murphy. No, when I was banned, it said, tweet, you have been permanently... I believe read, <laughs> men are not women. The case that you brought up. I'm not sure what's behind How do you not how do you not know? You're talking about the, the Megan Murphy mm -hmm. men are not women tweet. Mm -hmm. right. mm -hmm. What is it is there a CEO <laughs> I could talk to or something somewhere? <laughs> how do you have no idea? Oh what are we gonna say, you know, Gavin? When I was banned, it said you've been permanently suspended for semicolon space. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean? Hmm, the what abyss? The what does that giant <laughs> hole mean? They're going to find a reason to, to boot you. It doesn't matter what the terms are. By the way, him and, and Sam are like the, <laughs> the two most monotone, oh, like low-key guys. It's like uh, the you just fall asleep. sketch yeah. only with men and there's no punch. Yeah, they, speak, they hey, both speak like cat burglars. You know what? <laughs> like, ben Carson. I think it's upstairs. Just, uh, <laughs> the jewelry's probably in the, in the master uh, bedroom. Yeah, yeah. Like, like cat burglars. Ben Carson wouldn't get talked over on that show. You guys are going to I have to speak up because I can't understand everything you're saying. Also, it's really freaking boring. I'm gonna tell you. Uh, by the way, hit the notification bell if you're subscribed on YouTube because apparently subscriptions don't mean anything. Join Mug Clubs to get to the daily show. Uh, Lotofcutter.com slash Mug Club. Subscribe on iTunes for the audio version. Of course, rate it. And uh, by the way, big four-hour Oscars live stream oh, yeah. February 24th oh, no. at 8 p.m. Eastern. Torture. Drinking game rules to, to be posted. No, the whole point is we watch oh. it so you guys don't have to. And I think Gavin might be at least making an appearance there. At least oh, through this. Hell night. yeah! Oh, geez. I didn't oh, think he'd be that excited. Because excited honestly, I'm going to be at the Oscars. I was invited. I'm going to be in the front row with sitting with a woman named Penelope Millions. Really? Yeah. This is an actual thing? Yeah. She rescued uh, Harvey Weinstein's daughter from a fire. And uh, that's what she rescued her from Harvey Weinstein? I'm going to be there for the Oscar for Worst Liar. Okay. All right. <laughs> I don't know what he's telling you. He's truth. telling you that it's a joke. <laughs> no, I knew that part. Yeah. I figured it out at the end. He did, there he was did no it. fire. It was just Weinstein <laughs> trying to rape. I was just out of to the that, furnace the same and into way the you rape. guys right. were. I was just hearing those words come out of my mouth, going, "Well, that, that's what's going on." Lying is incredibly easy, as seen by Jack Dorsey. Here's the thing: the only <laughs> thing that Jack has been consistent about is stressing that harassment campaigns are the most bannable offense, and I think again we all agree with that here. Yeah. But we've already seen that those campaigns don't apply to targeted, repeated libel of someone like myself or Gavin, by the way, or a more recent example, uh, the Covington school kids. Yeah. Celebrities were calling for the kids' addresses, yeah. wanting yeah. them to be harmed because a kid smiled at a toothless meth head who was twice deferred, sorry, twice went <laughs> AWOL as a veteran, was a refrigerator repairman, and was wearing a MAGA hat. Yeah. And the kid just stood there. They called for school shootings. They said it would be a great school to shoot up. And, wow. and you know, the wow. right doesn't do that. Like, how many times have, has Dana Lash had to move? How, right, how many yeah. We can't show pictures of our kids. You look at Chris Hayes and Mark Ruffalo, they're all like, here's our kids. Right. Yeah. And I, I, I don't even say my kids' names. Right. Because Plus all their kids, I mean, look retarded. Let's be honest. They all look. <laughs> so Jack Dorsey, he also says, uh, by the way, that he hasn't focused. <laughs> we're going to get, Mark Ruffalo seems like the Letters. kind of guy who would call you up for that. He like, will, what's, yeah. What's happening? Did you I don't even know what your kids look like, but if they look like you, they haven't focused <laughs> enough. From what he said, Dorsey, on the off-site ramifications of Twitter, here's a clip. Focused on enough. We haven't focused on the off-platform ramifications of what happens online. So basically, I didn't even need that clip because I told nope. you. That's it. I just said <laughs> the clip <laughs> straight to him mouth. saying it. You're right, Jack Dorsey. You haven't because you've been more worried about journalists receiving slightly mean tweets or people making scientifically accurate claims that might offend, I don't know, 0.5% of the population. By the way, you missed ISIS recruiting, bomb threats, Antifa staging violent assaults on people because you were more worried about a BuzzFeed boldly bitch getting her feelings hurt over a doctor pointing out her BMI of 76. 
six. Okay? This is what's been happening. Not good. We're not, we, we haven't really focused on the offset ramifications. Do you mean like doxing kids from a school with a MAGA yeah. hat? Right. That's in murky territory. <laughs> What? I don't know the details yeah, of that particular case. I don't know. Case. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna seek my wise counsel. Zuckerberg, Wojcicki, <laughs> somebody. Cortez probably has private meetings. Yes. I think another point, obviously, is uh, uh, that people need to, to to see here. In certain segments of these interviews, Jack actually kind of lets the mask slip. And the good thing is, we get to see kind of like with the abortion laws, we now get to see the true agenda of Twitter. Where I want Twitter specifically to go is, I you know I I think. It's existential right now that we 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 have global conversations about some things global that will become crisis. Climate change oh being boy. one of them. There's no <laughs> one nation state that's going to solve that problem alone. Economic disparity Is he being another. For a seat the, in the rise of AI and <laughs> uh, job displacement and and just like us <laughs> offloading decisions to these the to these algorithms the really puts the world at a disadvantage because it incentivizes more of the uh-huh. echo chambers which lead to things like nationalism instead of taking the broader picture. Okay, so I, I, I know. That's a, to put it simply, you could write a clickbait headline, okay, that reads, radical globalist Jack Dorsey now pushing anti-human Green New Deal agenda, and it would be accurate. Yeah, it would be absolutely. It wouldn't actually be clickbait. That's what he's saying. <laughs> and it's basically just propaganda that he's quoting. It's like, guys, there is a big debate on climate science right now. If it's changing as much as you say, and if we are the people that are actually causing it, or if it's the cows farting, according to AOC. But, uh, right? It's not science. Okay, sorry. I didn't. Cortez. All right, we have to get moving on. But actually, I think what's important <laughs> is this: in this final clip, uh, Sam, Harris, uh, Sam Harris got Jack Dorsey to admit that they're they're no longer trying to be neutral. Here he is saying it. I, I, I don't believe that we can afford to take a neutral stance anymore. <laughs> what? Uh, what? I don't believe Finally, honesty. that we <laughs> should optimize for neutrality. This... I do believe that we should optimize for impartiality, and I, I do think mm-hmm. there's what? a what does that mean? There, I don't know difference. what that means. <laughs> to me, neutral, neutrality <laughs> is a lot more passive, a lot more hands-off. What? I don't think we can just be um, be this neutral, passive platform anymore. Wait, what? Uh, he's just repeating himself. How long does this clip go? I, I, I'll I'll put him yeah, let's just, let's just cancel he's this. He's contradicting himself. He is. We don't want to Badly. be neutral, uh, but we want to be unfair. He's hoping everybody will be asleep. We want know? to ensure yeah. that fairness plays no role on our platform. I'm not at sure all. he knows what he's talking about. Well, how did you do an interview with Joe Rogan for four hours? And so I don't know what that <laughs> violation was. And it's really important that we have freedom of speech. And then you go out here and you say, uh, I don't remember the t- I don't remember the timeline which shows he did. But he would go on shows for hours and say, Yeah, yeah, we want it to be a, an open platform for all. And then he yeah. was like, No, we don't. We lie. <laughs> we change like, that. No. Remember Sonia Sotomayor, Supreme Court judge? She yeah. goes, I should be a Supreme Court judge. I'm, I'm totally impartial. I'm going to be a great judge. And then she gets there and she goes, I w- we would be lying if we didn't say that our background and our Hispanic heritage didn't affect our decisions. <laughs> You're like, wait a minute. Your job as a judge is to not be a Hispanic woman. Right, yes. To be a, just a, 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 an impartial, you know, judge, justice is blind. And then you have Jack Dorsey going, we are uh, totally neutral here. We're just going to be impartial, let everyone uh, make their own decisions. And we obviously can't be neutral about that. Yeah. <laughs> when we do that, right. it'll be with a left-wing bend. Right. I don't well, know. What do you hmm. think, Dor- uh, what do you think, Zuckerberg, uh, Wojcicki, Helen Thomas? Send the Jews to Poland! What are you oh, talking about? Ouch. Why are you here? Oh. Go ahead. Basically, I think they just got scared. Trump won and Brexit happened. 
They're like, what the hell's going on? Okay, we can't be neutral anymore. It can't happen. No. And they won, by the way, just because people are getting a message out there of truth. That's what happened with Brexit. This idea that it was a lie, a good example. You know what a lie is? That some kid harassed a Native American toothless meth head who was twice deferred. Sorry, I went AWOL, refrigerator pearman from Vietnam because they had a MAGA hat. That is a lie. Not that there are That's benefits right there. to being an autonomous nation. This is, this is a great example of what we've been talking about all week. The left fears transparency. They run from it. They check under their bed for it. So it's a good indicator if someone tries to shut down transparency that they're a leftist or a liar, but I repeat myself. And that's what we're seeing with Jack. It's not just Ocasio-Cortez. We were just talking about that yesterday. But this, 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 is, this is in your deal. No it's, no, it's not. But you wrote it. I updated the wrong copy. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask questions. I know nothing. This is Jack. This is what Jack is doing. Well, hold on a second. What are your, what's going on? Well, really, we should be more clear about our policies. Well, what are your policies? I don't really want to talk about that right now. <laughs> well, what do you think the policy should center on? Well, it should center on being neutral. Okay, so how are you going to be neutral? We don't want to be neutral. Do I need to shoot myself in the head with this, Walther? Because I don't want to get my sponsor into trouble. <laughs> if you want to know what Silicon Valley is, just picture Bernie, Cory Booker, Acacio Cortez sitting in a boardroom deciding what can and cannot be said on the internet. That's what Silicon Valley is. The politicians, the far left politicians, I should say, are just like the Silicon Valley tech executives. They use nice words like transparency, truth, safety, but whenever you ask them questions, they run for cover. You saw the same thing with Zuckerberg yeah. uh, when he had to testify. Uh, when you, you saw the same thing with Wojcicki. Remember back then? She's like, well, I think it's important that we have a neutral, well, how are you going to do that? Well, but we don't want hate speech. What's hate hmm. speech? I haven't had another meeting. I gotta get to go. Bye. <laughs> when you start shining a light on these guys, they scurry back into the darkness. That's why there's no accountability. When we explain where we line up here uh, on every issue, and we're really clear, Jack, okay, Jack, we're not trying to attack you. We just want to put all the cards on the table. That's all we're asking yeah. for you. Let's not even get to the public utilities debate. But we just, we've all agreed, we all agreed, we talked about this yesterday, we, you have to be honest about your business practices. Yeah. You can't say we weren't clear about the terms of service, and then we say, well, what are the terms of service? And, you know, I don't know, I don't mm. even know. Bleep. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what it can be. We just want to know where everyone stands on these platforms. But instead, they flip over the table and they throw the cards away. That's what Silicon Valley is. Ocasio-Cortez, Kamala. Now I'm doing it affected. Ocasio-Cortez, no. Ocasio-Cortez-y. I just want to say it in American. <laughs> Camila Harris, Cory Booker in a boardroom. That's what it is. And now that you know, you just have to play by their rules or get kicked off the platform. Hey, social media, let freedom ring. DefendGavin.com, by the way. DefendGavin.com. We'll be back Ooh. with Lauren Southern after this. Ooh, DefendGavin.com. Okay, frankly, it will be erected. Nice and big, huge. I want this to be clear, okay? It'll be fantastic. Log, tick, hard. So much winning, you won't know what to do, frankly, with all the winning. Wall. Side effects may include reduced crime, increased wages, economic productivity, drastically reduced sex trafficking, and winning. Not for use by those who can understand this commercial, however, consumed LaCroix or those with Aztec, Mayan, and or Incan heritage. Wall. Ask your healthcare professional about Wall today. Dot for Mexicans. Oh, this has been a really one-sided, if you'll excuse the pun, mugging since the opening bell when the tumbler infected the entire first row with AIDS. The referee really needs to put a stop to this. What is the mug looking for now? Is that a flaming chair?
have anything to say to YouTube, the current champion of the world? Deplatform this, bitch. But as soon as I hit the room, you can hear me holler more club in this bitch. Let me hear you holler more club in this bitch. Let me hear you holler more club in this bitch. So who you gonna call on when you wanna have... Wondering what's in your pockets. Yeah. Not where your pockets are. I mean, if you're an Eminem. Seems to me you're high. If you're an Maybe M &M? if you were Eminem, circa the, was it cocaine? Was it heroin? I don't know. He did something. I just want an excuse to show off. Actually, Barbell sent me these new uh, these new chinos, which I don't usually wear. I always wear jeans. They're not sponsored the show, but That's man, true. they are this comfortable for a guy like me with a giant fat ass. Our next guest does not have a giant fat ass. Uh, she's very svelte. People like her. You can follow her on the Twitter at Lauren underscore Southern. Her website is laurensouthern.net. Just search her on YouTube and you will find her. She hasn't been banned yet. Her documentary, Borderless, mm -hmm. actually has a new trailer out this week, I believe. Now you know who it is. Lauren Southern, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. So uh, there's so much that we were just talking during the break, and you said so much has happened, it's kind of tough to pick uh, a moment. But I know you've been making the rounds for your, your speech that you gave at the EU recently. Uh, changing my mind on immigration is, is what it was called. First off, how much of this was actually given as a speech in front of people versus, you know, like the, the green screen portion? Right. So I did the speech in front of about uh, 50 MEPs. Of course, when you're at the EU, it's not necessarily about having a full room as much as it is about who is in the room and right. who is affecting governments and policies. But we did actually refilm the speech because the technology that they use for recording EU events is subpar, like anything that government does. Right. So Can we, we get her on the Logitech? <laughs> That's usually how it works. Yeah. yeah, so the audio was a bit bad, but we redid it. Everything that I said in the speech in my YouTube video was exactly what I said to these politicians. And I think it came across quite well because a lot of these politicians, I think, throw away right wing arguments as just, oh, they're hateful, they're racist. But the speech I gave, if people have watched it, was actually on completely from the immigrants' perspective. Mm -hmm. And that's what a lot of Borderless is. I'd say about 70% of the documentary is us just with the migrants on the ground, talking to them, asking them about their experiences, what it's been like. And something that I was so shocked to find on this trip was once we got to the European part of the documentary, actually with these migrants, once they've made it, we had a large amount of them telling us they wish they had never left home and they wish they could go back. That's yeah. something that I'd never seen well, on the news Well, how before. much of that is like they'd really rather go back to, you know, Syria where they're being burned alive in cages versus maybe a little lack of gratitude? I mean, I'm not saying the UK <laughs> is that great, but it still seems better than Syria at this point. Well, this is the issue is I probably only met about 10 Syrians, if that, during the entire trip. I thought they were we all Syrian time. Christians. My world is topsy-turvy <laughs> now, Lauren. Educate me, please. It was very confusing, yes. The majority of people coming right now, so we actually spent time on the Turkish side of the border, waiting along the coast, where it's just covered in just mess, clothing everywhere, dinghies, vests. Like The, the evidence of the migration is insane. And we spent time like hiding from gendarme helicopters above us, so the Turkish police, under trees with all of these migrants and every single one of them with us there waiting for the boats to come to take them to Greece was from Afghanistan. Once we got to the Greek side, 
most of the people in the camps were from, I mean, like I said, I met about 10 people from Syria. Right. The majority of them were from other places in the Middle East. Certainly Morocco, the Libya, remains, they're all sub-Saharan African. I would think that still London would be nicer than most of Afghanistan, I, but I don't know. <laughs> well, here's the issue, is because they don't want to be deported, human traffickers will tell them, throw your passport out, burn your passport. So they get to Europe. They have no ID. They don't really want to be identified because they're not actually refugees, a lot of them, mm. or maybe they have criminal backgrounds. So they can't really apply for asylum. They can't really get jobs or work. Think about how long it takes to get an actual uh, immigrant visa. It can take like five, six years. Right. So imagine how much longer it takes for people who have burnt their passports, have no ID, and have no way of proving who they are or where they've come from. So they just end up living under bridges. They effectively can't do anything. They can't live anywhere. They can't buy a house. They can't work. And they're sitting there thinking, why did Angela Merkel tell us refugees welcome? Why right. did the media tell us we should all come here? Why are these traffickers promising us paradise? Why am I living under a bridge? We're, so they're <laughs> blaming this on the right-wing trolls on Twitter, but their policies are creating actual bridge trolls. Yes. Effectively. Yes, effectively. And that's the thing. A lot of these liberals think that compassion is just a one-time thing. They show up with these crochet blankets, these refugees welcome signs. They change their profile picture to say hashtag refugees welcome. But where are they when these people are starving under bridges? Right. Where are they when these people are completely packed in camps and can't be processed? Mm -hmm. It would have been so much better to just be honest with them and tell them, you know what? The European dream is a dream still for the European people. We've got lots of problems. You're probably not going to be processed for a while. If you're not a refugee, there's a good chance you're never going to be able to live anywhere or get a job or be processed. If we were just honest with these people, a lot of these issues, a lot of this issue with migration and human trafficking could be solved. And even better, we would have more money and resources to help legitimate refugees I, I think if we a, weren't inviting the world. Right. And I think it's a very important point that you make. And I do want to say, say, I know there was a man named, I think, Mohammed, who asked you a question, who talked about how he was concerned that this would be another right-wing hit piece. And how, I wouldn't, here's the thing, I wouldn't say even-handed. I know that you're more conservative. I think people watching know that you're more conservative. But you can have a personal bias and also try to look at an issue through a point of view accurately. And for people who don't know, it does seem that you've made an earnest effort to look at this from the immigrants, from the migrants, from the refugee, from the asylum seekers, whatever term you want to use that day, okay? I don't want to be, I don't want to be hooked yeah. on this, uh, with this with this project. And I did want to ask you, because you said to this person, you said, well, thank you for noticing. I have kind of transitioned from the kind of shocking in your face trolling journalism to what I'm doing now. I will say this. I've noticed that. Um, and I'm impressed by it. Why? What was the catalyst for that? Well, I think that there was a place for the shocking conversations, just saying like feminism is cancer, mm -hmm. just to get yourselves out there because there was no r real right-wing conversation going on before the Trump era for the anti-feminist stuff, for the anti-socialism stuff. And we kind of needed to just bring ourselves into the conversation at all because we had been completely excommunicated from the media, excommunicated from classroom discussions. And we just said, well, Let's shock them. Let's shock them to get ourselves into the conversation. Now we've kind of got a foot in the door in popular culture. Young people are watching conservative media more and more. You've got PewDiePie, H3H3, all of these big names finally talking about how insane the left has become. So there was a place for it then. But I think that the shock stuff has had the effect that it is going to have and convinced as many people as it's going to convince. And now 
we need to get back to some serious, hard evidence, statistics, long form stuff. There, I, I do think everyone has a different place. There's always going to be a place for that shock stuff. I still enjoy it. I still enjoy watching when people do it. But there's definitely an opening or vacuum for people to make documentaries and longer form conservative discussion. Because if we just get into the troll style stuff, right. then it's conservatism and right-wing ideology for young people isn't going to be taken too seriously. And there are people yearning for more than that. Right. I think that's a good point. And I guess my question is, is why did you, since you say there's a place for both, and I agree with you, why did you feel personally led to, to moving on to kind of this chapter? Because it is, it is different. And it's obviously, I do think it's productive. And I agree with you. There's a place for both. But you've decided that for yourself, this is what you want to do. Is there a specific reason that you said, for me, this is my priority now? Honestly, I, I have never been a professor of anything. I'm not an expert. I'm 23 years old. I'm not going to pretend I know everything. So for the things that I do know and the things that I could speak on, I have given my opinion. Yeah. I've said my thoughts on feminism. I've said my thoughts on immigration, socialism, whatever it may be. I've given my opinion. And I realized that the only way I could continue doing YouTube is if I were just repeating myself for the sake of having a YouTube career. Like, and I didn't want to do that. Like talking into I a did, camera in a car, owning libs. Isn't it funny own, that people who claim they're intolerant are, they're claim they're talent, they're intolerant. <laughs> did you know free speech is good, right? Like yeah, I, I've said yeah. it, I've made my point. And if I want to actually do something that I feel is contributing and I don't feel like I'm just doing for the sake of having a career, because this was never, when I started, this was never about making a career out of this. I wasn't getting paid to make videos initially. It wasn't a job for me. Right. I just actually believed in it. Mm -hmm. So if I wanted to still do something that I believed in, well, I was going to have to dive a little deeper and go on the ground. And because I'm not an expert, the thing that I can offer is I can go on the ground and I'm crazy enough to go and actually see these things for myself and bring back some right. of the footage. But you're a little more mature. Everyone else you're a little more analyze. mature now and that you bring security with you. Remember the last time I spoke with you, you said, Lauren, don't do this without serious security. Because at one point we had some yes. conversations. You're like, no, I'll be fine. I'm like, no, no, listen. It's cute when you're young. Once I became a husband, I realized like, no, no, I'm not gonna do this and just run the risk. And we don't wanna see you get hurt. Um, but I, you know, I really appreciate you saying that because what you're basically talking about doing here, if, correct me if I'm wrong, is learning with the audience and, and learning hopefully accurately and earnestly. Now, picture this. You've never done any of this, never done any of the fundraising, never worked for any other company, uh, never worked a real job in your life. Obviously, you've done all those things. But picture if you hadn't and you're a congresswoman, that's Cortez. Cortez was in that phase where she thought she knew everything and she now runs a, a portion of our government. That's what's scary. So I hope people uh, tear a page from your book. And you know what? That's a stressful thing personally as well. Like I guarantee Cortez wakes up and is aware of that at times, because if you keep up a facade of knowing everything and pretending you know everything and you don't, that is personally and mentally just really, really difficult because you'll, you know, you'll never actually live up to that standard. So I wonder if Cortez wakes up in the morning thinking, damn, I have to put on this mask and keep this act up. Right. She's like, <laughs> I, can't, I can't make enough sex on the beaches. My bartending school didn't help me at all. Um, I don't know how to balance a budget unless it's a lime wedge in someone's navel cavity. Uh, let me ask you this. You say we'd have more resources. Going back to borderless, there's a transition. Um, you say we have more resources to fix this, this problem. Do you offer a solution or do you have some ideas as to how we could solve the problem? Because I know everyone thinks they're compassionate, but like you said, once the dust settles, those compassionate people, and we're all compassionate, but I mean the compassionate leftists disappear. How do you think we could handle this in a way that would be even-handed or effective or best use of funds? 
the the thing I'm becoming increasingly more aware of is that there are no solutions. There are only trade-offs. Mm. There are better options than others. But in this case, I would say it is the most compassionate thing to everyone involved to be honest mm -hmm. about what is going on. Because right now, the only people that are benefiting from us telling migrants, come to Europe, uh, you've got a place here, open borders, look at all these migrants, they're, they're playing on the Olympic teams, they're going to the Vatican with the Pope, they're shaking Merkel's hand, they're shaking Trudeau's hand, look at the life they get to live. And then that's not reality. The only people who benefit from that are human traffickers. Who, right. like, I hope people how big, of an, are, how big of an industry is that, by the way? I know you've talked about this. Yeah, so it, when we were in Morocco, we, we spoke to people about how much it costs. It costs about 2,000 euros, 1,000 to 2,000 euros to cross the small areas to the Greek islands. And then from Morocco, it's 2,000 to 5,000 euros. And they're shoving, okay. like, 50 people on one of these boats. And they're sending out tons of boats every single day. So think about how much money these people are making per month. They're making millions, millions and millions and millions of dollars through this. So, of course, they love the media. They love when they say yeah. refugees welcome. They love when they say come here and as soon as you touch European land in the Schengen zone, you can shop around for your, your welfare country of your choice. Yeah. And when you talk to these people in the mountains of Morocco, they genuinely believe. They're like, when I get to London, I'm going to be a rapper. I'm going to be a football star. I'm going to be this, that, and the other. They actually believe Europeans live in a paradise or people in the Western world live in a paradise because that's what they see on the internet. Right. They don't, and, and of course the traffickers are going to tell them that as well. They aren't told the truth. So How we do you think we realistic. get them the truth? Because like you said, a lot of them, they're burning their passports, their, their identification because these traffickers are telling them so. How do we reach those people before the traffickers? How, how do you think people can most effectively cut that off at the pass? Well, one big issue is you've got these NGOs that are out uh, patrolling the waters and picking up these people and bringing them into Europe. So that's their first indication that, of course, we're welcome. Europeans have sent out boats to come and pick us up and bring us into Europe. Right. Of course, they want us there. And then, of course, once those NGOs let them go into Europe, they're completely on their own and they have nowhere to be. And of course, they're going to become criminals and do horrible things because they have no identity, no job, nothing to do. So if we shut down these NGOs, you will see the biggest route into Europe used to be the Libyan. The biggest one has been the Greece route, but Libya to Italy was one of the largest ones as well. Now it's almost completely shut down. The first two months of this year, only 50 people have come from Libya to Italy because the Italians shut down their ports to these non-government organization ships picking people up. Of course, the drownings have also completely stopped mm. from Libya to Italy because people are no longer taking a reckless journey when they know they're not going to be welcome. Yeah. So you've stopped people from drowning. You've stopped people from living under bridges. You've stopped people. From, you've stopped a giant human trafficking ring that are genuinely also enslaving people and using people as mules for drugs and weapons yeah. into Europe. So I'd say if you shut down a lot of these NGO boats and the incentives to come. That's a good start. And I would imagine that there are uh, several other solutions and trade-offs at least offered in the yeah. film Borderless. People can see that trailer on your YouTube channel this week. You know, it's not all too dissimilar for what's happening here in the southern border in the United States. I don't know if you watched the State of the Union address, but when President Trump mentioned the sex trafficking, all the women who were wearing white for women's rights, you know, Cortez, she was sitting until she looked and 
everyone was standing up clapping like, I guess I don't hate Donald Trump that much. I'll, I'll get up but won't clap for being anti-sex trafficking. I'm sitting there going, you're wearing white for women's rights. We should all be on board with, with if nothing else, if you're even the biggest libertarian on the planet where you think heroin should be legal, great, you still probably have to be against sex trafficking, against one's will, because it's not even willing prostitution, and Cortez, and I don't know who else wearing white. They would look like it was the, the Bee Gees album. They didn't stand up. Um, all right, uh, Lauren, where's the best place for people to find you and see more info on this documentary? Everything will be posted on my Twitter, at Lauren underscore Southern, and there will be a new trailer up this week, so stay tuned there. All right, tra trailer, not a teaser. That means it's more substantive. No, no, this one is a proper trailer it's got some meat to it <laughs> this is a proper trailer and laurensouthern.net uh hopefully jack dorsey doesn't ban you lauren thank you so much for being here uh, hello lotta with crowded viewers hopper here don't forget that you can listen to the the podcast on the go on itunes and soundcloud uh in the audio you can download it and you can listen at your leisure Hey, Nick Nolte here with a Rosa Parks story for your consideration. Telling you to tune into the Lotto with Crowder Oscar live stream party on February 24th. And I know what you're thinking. Oh, no, that's a Sunday. It's gonna be a four hour live stream. You better tune in, you gutless son of a bitch. You gutless sons of Hey, one live read of the week right now, and Gavin's still here. He has a hat on properly. Is it more comfortable? I put my hat back on. It's much more comfortable without the headphones, yeah. It's kind of like you're going uh, for the Beastie Boys had sex with hell or high water right now. I was kind of going for... Uh, Hunter S. Thompson never learned to read. All right, we have to get to our sponsor, uh, Walther Firearms. You were just commenting on how nice this firearm is and how, uh, how good it feels. I think it feels great. And it, I've felt a lot of guns. It's got a real gravitas to it. Well, once you get your permit there in New York, we'll, uh, we'll have Walther uh, send you what they can. It's different from state to state. They're sponsored the show. And by the way, there are a lot of great firearms out there. We talk about this, you know, Glock, HK. Of course, there are great firearms. At a certain point, it's like, do I want a BMW? Do I want a Mercedes? All we ask is uh, that you try the Walther. Try it. I've never met anyone who's tried a Walther firearm compared it to, you know, what was in that same kind of price range and not preferred it. And if you don't like it, that's fine, but they do have the balls to step up and support this show. That's Walther Firearms, and of course you can uh, join at lilithcredit.com slash mugclub. That's what keeps us going. Walther, thank you so much. We're really happy uh, that our studios are protected by Walther. of things um that's the last time i let john uh, johnny boy clean my pipes he put in the stem upside down so it makes a horrible snorkel oh yeah that would this. not work this at all no, just it needs to, look it needs to curve this way see all right john hmm he curved it the opposite way it is I the drowning dance so 
It is the drowning dance. Uh, I don't know when that started exactly. Uh, also, uh, defendgavin.com. Thank you so yes. much to Gavin McInnes. Let us know what you think, how much you enjoyed Gavin in third chair. We have a bunch of people, obviously, who come in in third chair. We, I think we have Pantelis next week. Pantelis. I think, I think it's next week or maybe. I don't know. But, uh, He's coming in. Sooner or later, we're going to have some uh, some kind of more permanent people. We're just uh, we're just trying. And then sometimes people come in in third chair. We've had some big names who then get in trouble and yeah. can't come back, even though we love them. There was something else them. that I was going to say. Uh, I can't. Oh, next week um, is a big uh, hidden camera video. Yes. Going up Tuesday. Potentially. I, I don't know. You know, we don't know what footage exactly that we, we have because we have about four or five different hidden cameras. Yeah, still going through it. Uh, but I know what we do have at least on audio. And it's, uh, it's something that we didn't expect. So that's a big video on Tuesday. We'll probably do a show Monday. Not entirely sure. And, of course, Wednesday, Thursday. And we're going to have some new change my minds coming up. Um... I want to kind of warn people before, you know, usually these, these closing segments are, are uh, I, I guess, up, uplifting or helpful. Uh, it was branded by some fans, Crowder Closes, and so now we use that on YouTube. Thank you for the idea. Um, but I want to warn anyone there who, who is having a good time. I don't want to ruin your day. Uh, this one is a little bit sad, hopefully helpful. Um, so, you know, if you, if, you, if you need to grab some time or come back to this later, uh, three, two, there you go, spoiler alert. Um, I know I talked about this on social media this week. Uh, that um, Hopper, of course, who you know, and uh, Hopper, he's been on the show quite a bit, um, was diagnosed with uh, cancer, lymphoma cancer. Um, so it's been a very hard week for us. Uh, it is, you know, listen, here's the thing. I, I, I've debated going, I've gone back and forth whether I should even talk about this. Because we don't know, he could live a longer time. You know, he's a 10-year-old dog, uh, and he may not. Uh, depends on how he responds to treatment, depends on how aggressive it is. Um, and it was a real roller coaster ride because we got this on Friday, this news. And then we went to the oncologist and they said, hey, we actually don't think that's what it is. And so we felt so good, like a weight was lifted. And then we found out uh, yesterday that that is what it was. Um, and they said, maybe it's not the fast moving cancer. And it is the fast moving uh, lymphoma cancer. Um, and I know people, it's always a cop out where people try to talk about it. And I just want to talk about things so people don't feel alone. Um, but I do know with millions of listeners out there, people are tuning in. There are probably people going through a similar situation. I want to be clear about something here. Um, I know that a man for whom the hardest thing they've ever experienced is their dog with cancer has lived a charmed life. It's not lost on me. Okay. I want to make sure that I understand that I'm not equivocating losing, uh, a dog, um, and by the way, he may not. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know how long he's going to be here. But I did feel that since he's been an active part of the show that I owed it to you to talk about this now. Um, and when it does happen, when we, he's not with us anymore, we're not going to do another closing segment on this. I wanted to talk about this now so that uh, you didn't feel lied to. Because I know that Hopper out there is 20,000, 30,000 followers on Twitter. We don't even know who, who runs that account. And by the way, whoever runs the Hopper accounts out there, obviously, when... Um, when the, the, the final chapter is written, I'd appreciate if you, you just kind of close it down because I don't, don't want to have to look at that. Um, so I understand that someone who's been through something like this saying it's the hardest thing that they've, they've been through, they've lived a very charmed life. This has absolutely been the hardest thing um, that I've ever experienced. And I try to be honest, as honest as I can with you, these last two years have been some of the hardest of my life. And this is the hardest thing I've been through. I've lost relatives. I've lost friends. I've had friends who were taken too young. Um, I know this doesn't compare to, to losing children. Uh, my dad had melanoma, and I know I, it doesn't mean that I don't love my father more. It doesn't mean that I understand the value of human life is greater than a dog. That's not it. 
But Hopper is, outside of my wife, um, the living being on this earth that I gave more of myself to than any other person on this planet. Um, my best friend is dying. And there's no more honest way to express it. Um, I don't know, I know this, this is the kind of, you know what? It, I don't care. Someone will take that and turn it into a meme. Oh, pussy, I don't, you know what? I'll walk away from this before I ever actually have to feel ashamed of the fact that I'm emotional over, the fa emotional over losing a good friend. And I know it'll be used against me. I know that'll turn into a meme. Uh, whatever. And I've talked about this. I don't think that men need to not cry. It's, it's, I just don't think you need to cry at every single thing that bothers you. I don't think you need to cry because someone called you a name. This is when men often cry. Um, let me kind of give you some information on Hopper because you see him, but you don't. You don't really know the whole story. I prayed, I prayed for Hopper. I really did uh, my whole life. And he's really been a gift in my life and in my family's life. And he's been the best gift. And I poured so much of myself. I, I never had a dog growing up. And I wanted one. I begged. I pleaded for one. Uh, I had all the dog books. I watched the dog shows on TV. I knew every breed. I knew all of the training methods. But I, I couldn't have one because I was raised in an apartment. And by the way, this is going to come back to something that's hopefully helpful for people out there. So you don't just need to shut it off because it's sad. There's a purpose to this. Um, and I learned a lot this week. It's not that cheesy. This dog taught me more about, I th it's almost like this dog was rescuing me. It's not that. But I did learn a lot this week. Couldn't have a dog when I grew up because I was raised in an apartment. Little three-bedroom uh, on Reed Street in the south shore of Montreal. You can run a search on that right now and uh, see the silver spoon with which I was raised. Um... Once I'd been married for a couple of years, uh, I decided that I was going to fulfill a dream. And see, at this point in time, I should clarify, I'd parted ways with Fox News. I'd sold some script rights. Um, I was getting burnt out with stand-up. I was in western Michigan, kind of floundering. I was depressed. Uh, I talked. I'm going to grab some water here real quick. So those who are listening to rest, really sorry. It's, it's just my mouth was dry, drier than usual. Keep it real, man. People say that they're not actually keeping it real. They'd be crying if they were. Um, I was depressed. And I've talked about this before. My wife didn't fully know how depressed I was. Because I'd be up before her in the morning, and I'd be off to the gym before she left for work. And after the gym, I didn't know where I was headed. Um, in my life, I didn't know where I was headed. I just knew that I had to keep moving. But I decided that it was the right time to fulfill a lifelong dream, uh, I've wanted my whole life. I've wanted to have a dog. Again, it, I know it sounds silly, but when you're a kid and all you want is a dog and you cannot have a dog, it's a big deal. So around Christmas time, uh, f five, uh, five years ago, six years ago, uh, I started looking on Pet Finder. And I actually became a volunteer at a local non-kill shelter, which required a certain level of training to even begin with. Um, I had the books. I watched the training videos. And I was going to be the best dog owner ever. Uh, Hopper popped up on Pet Finder. And I remember the lady bringing him to our house. And he, he was so nuts that first time I met him with energy because he'd been in a crate for so long. And by the way, I want to make sure no one thinks that this, no, she was not abusing the dog. She ran a rescue with her best friend. And she lost her best friend uh, to cancer. It's been a lot of, this has been a crappy 2019. <laughs> one of my wife's uh, best friends just got diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And obviously now with, it's just, it's been a rough uh, few months. But I'm, I'm still grateful. It's a day above ground and there are people who have it a whole lot worse. So people out there who have it worse don't think that I'm comparing my plight to yours. Um, this lady who ran the, the shelter, anyway, that's what I was talking about. She, she had a, a friend who ran it with her. A, a, not a shelter, a rescue. So they ran it out of their house, but her friend died of uh, cancer. And so she was overwhelmed. 
and she had to crate a lot of the dogs because not all dogs get along. And Hopper had always been a people dog. He's a super easy dog. I mean, you know this. Oh, yeah. Uh, as long as he's around his people. The reason he's not in here now, by the way, no, he's not dead. People are like, where's Hopper? It's just because there are other people around right now. Mm-hmm. He'd rather be in the room where the most amount of people are. Um, but he doesn't do well in a crate. So he came in the house. And he was buzzing around like crazy. Uh, but he immediately rolled over, put his paw on me, and you know, licked my face. Uh, but my wife and I, I remember, we decided that we weren't just going to take the dog in our first meeting. We were going to talk about it. We were going to be disciplined, which the, the, I remember the rescue lady seemed really surprised. And I felt bad because she made a decent trip out to us. It was a little ways. Um, I mean, she shouldn't have been so surprised. At that point, she was effectively bringing a fat, three-legged, balding, alopecia dog with Lyme disease. Uh, she was like, we'll take it. But um, <laughs> he wasn't always the hopper that you see today. But I told her we'd give her an answer the following day. Like I said, this is hopefully going to tie back in. This is me taking time from me here. But we, we really had already decided. The next day we drove out, we meet her. Uh, we meet this lady uh, between our place and her place. Took him in our old Explorer. Was it the Taurus? I don't know. He ripped the steering wheel off the Taurus when we took him to an outdoor <laughs> shooting range. We parked a mile away, and he still heard it. He took the steering wheel off of our Taurus. Um, I remember she told us that first night. She told us that we had to crate him. That no matter how much he wailed, no matter how much he complained, that just stick it through. Uh, you you got to put him in the crate. Well, that night he howled. This, I mean, this dog howled. I came down the next morning to find the crate. It, was, it looked like the, the, the shark cage in Jaws after it had been torn apart by the, by the real shark. They inserted documentary film footage in that. Uh, it was broken down. He'd thrown up. He'd pooped in there. And my wife and I were actually on our way to the Rite Aid for earplugs to prepare for the next night. Because, well, we've got to stick this through. When we came back, we realized that we hadn't crated him. But he was just sleeping in his bed. Fine. So, well, this is, maybe he doesn't need to. So we went to church. Came back. Was in his bed. Didn't so much as nibble a shoelace. Went to go see Captain America. I don't remember which one it was at that point. Uh, came back, same. And we've never really had a problem with him ever since. We haven't had to crate him. He got into the trash every now and then. That's because my wife left a Slim Jim on the top of the trash at one point, and it was open, and so he just thought, oh, the trash is a place I go for, for I Slim do Jims. I do. Uh, yeah, why wouldn't you? If it's on the top, you just pull a Costanza. But it, it is funny because um, when I heard what the doctor said, uh, I really could remember, every, it's one of those things where people say your life flashes before your eyes, but when you're about to lose something really important, everything that's important about that person, that thing, floods every part of your brain. Uh, things that I didn't even know were in there, from how I used to sleep on my, uh, the bed next to my desk in our den, back when we did the show, and it was in a den, he was right next to my desk every single day. He used to ram his head if the door was closed, just boom you'd hear him crying uh and i remembered serving him sardines on the old front porch uh, and trying to eat them myself and almost throwing up i remember teaching this to sit to stay and i remember taking them to run out by the old east grand rapids uh the east grand rapids high school track um taking it up north for the first time and particularly i remember that second night uh, after the first night with the crate i remember him just falling asleep in my wife's arms in the futon like he'd known her his whole life and he's done it ever ever since every single night and I had to be in a schedule for Hopper. I had to live for something else who was completely dependent on me. And that's why I think this is so hard, because he can't tell us, you know, that he's in pain. That's what's so hard. You have to make a decision out of wanting to avoid cruelty. And sometimes you have to make a decision that is to end the life of someone or something you care so much about. But at this point, I remember I, I, it, it gave me a purpose. It made me more of an adult. And Hopper made me happy. He makes me really happy. And sometimes in life, you can picture flashpoint moments that cut deeper than you've ever felt in your life. Um, 
In that moment, those words are burned into your memory, etched into the walls of your soul forever. And when we found the news, I remember my wife tearing up and she said, she said, I just wanted to bottle everything up about Hopper. There is, and just carry it. She said that she just wanted to bottle up everything there was about Hopper and just carry it with her forever. And that's exactly how I feel. And I feel terrible that there's nothing I can do to help my wife, too. That's something that's terrible. They talk, talk about toxic masculinity. Listen, it doesn't come from having to prove myself. It comes from loving my wife, from trying to provide for my wife, from wanting to burden that pain of my wife, because we're called to do that as men, as Christians, as believers in God. Yep, believers in Christ. It's really painful, not just losing your best friend, but knowing how much pain your wife is in. And there's nothing you can do. Some people get some great gifts in their lives. And Hopper really was the best gift. Um, I, can, I can talk about this a little bit. You know, everyone always says their dog is special. Uh, and I'm sure that's true to an extent. Um, but believe me when, when I say that Hopper really is special. He, he changed lives. And I see people like, oh, I miss my dog, and it's just a dog that's, you know, crapping around the house, and they, they, they have no relationship with, there's no peace in the house. Um, no, Hopper was, he changed lives. I don't just mean that in the sense that, oh, he changed our lives, or he brought love into the house. He changed people's lives. Ask anyone on the team. He's probably changed a lot of your lives. Ask anyone who's come to visit. People who don't even like dogs loved Hopper. My aunt, who was terrified of dogs, loved Hopper. Wanted to get a dog because of Hopper. Kids who were terrified of dogs loved Hopper. Didn't, he didn't always love them back. That's the one thing, Hopper. With the kids who were rambunctious, whacking him, he, didn't have, he would walk away, but if he walked away and you followed him, you'd, you'd see the growl. You saw the Hodge twins, good example, on this show, Freak, when I introduced him to Hopper. One of the funniest things I've ever seen, I about passed out on the show yeah. laughing. They were terrified. What you didn't see was the next time they came over to my house and Hopper was there, they were sitting and petting Hopper. This is just, even just this last time, because he was such a peaceful dog. And he's, by the way, I shouldn't say he was, he is. Such a calm dog and such a loving dog that he would change people's hearts and views on dogs. He had a gift genuinely of melting away fear. And they wanted to make him a therapy dog until we found out that he didn't like sunglasses. If you were wearing sunglasses, he might mess you up. So thank God we didn't make him a therapy dog. But that's why. And going through this and it being the most painful thing I've experienced, um, I'm ashamed to say that at one point, I actually just thought when, when this was just happening and it was this blinding pain, the worst part was not knowing what was happening, right? That's what's sometimes worse is the anticipation than what actually happens. Um, not knowing the answer, whether it was the aggressive cancer or, or whether it was a slow-moving cancer. At one point, I actually just thought of wanting to, to have uh, Betty, our new puppy, adopted. Not because I don't love Betty, but because I thought I just can never go through this again. I, really, I thought I'll do anything to avoid this kind of pain again at all costs. And then I realized how stupid and ungrateful I was. Um, I probably never felt more ashamed of myself in my life that I was taking a gift that I'd prayed for my whole life, all my childhood, and I was spitting on it. Why? Because I didn't get to keep it forever? Because as much as it hurts, I've gained so much more. And I really hope that for a three-legged dog with alopecia and Lyme disease, he would say that. I hope that I gave enough. And I realized that I've felt that way before. Not just about Hopper, I felt that way with this show, where things got so hard that I wanted to throw it all away. Anything to avoid the hell that I was going through at that point ever again. But I've gained so much more. You have given me so much more. In the same way, I can only hope that I've given enough. So the takeaway tonight, and it's a cliche, I know, 
But sometimes a tale as old as time is that way for a simple reason, and that's because it's true. I've talked about it before. It's nothing new, but genuinely be grateful. And, and, and something else, too, I noticed we were... Sometimes you're really praying and begging for something more than you'll have gratitude for when you actually get what you, you ask for. Because when we were praying, please, please, we just don't want this to be aggressive cancer. And then they told us it probably wasn't. We said, wow, we really, really need to be thankful here. Now then, that was taken away from us because it turned out that it was. They went back and forth. Get your facts straight, vet. Um, no, they're, they're good vets. They, they couldn't know. He's a weird dog. He's tough to examine. But um, sometimes you pray for miracles and then don't believe that they'll happen. And I also noticed that pain doesn't, it, we used to say misery loves company. I don't think it's that so much as pain doesn't love to be alone. We were at the vet, and when we got that good news at the oncologist, I remember there was a lady there with her dog, Leah, who had uh, mesothelioma and um, wasn't doing so well. And we told her about Hopper, and we went in, and that was at the point when they gave us better news. And we came out, and um, she said, yeah, what, and she seemed upset. She said, what news did you, you get? And, uh, we could tell she was upset, and we said, yeah, you know, it's, it's not good. We had just received great news, but we realized that she would feel more alone if we said, yeah, great news, and her dog was probably not going to make it with mesothelioma. Really rough. It was pretty far along. Um, because pain just doesn't want to be alone. And that's why I, I, I'm sure I try to be as transparent as possible. By the way, sharing something for the sake of sharing it, Jordan Peterson's talk, it doesn't help anybody if it's not something good. A lot of people just share sin. A lot of people share their faults and don't offer a solution. Like, well, I just don't want you to feel alone. And so they talk about mental health issues or drugs. Well, hold on, do you have a solution to it? Otherwise, you're not helping. But sharing pain, the kind of pain that everyone goes through, it really does help people, and knowing that they're not alone. But if we're gonna have, to have one takeaway this week, and now I'm just sort of circling the runway, I guess, it really is simple, be grateful. If you've got a gift, appreciate it, share it. Because most gifts, nearly all gifts, aren't forever. And just because it's not forever, just because at some point it may hurt, it doesn't mean that it's not a gift. And you don't have the right to throw it all away. So I'll keep, I'll keep you updated. Follow me on Instagram and uh, we'll talk about that. Sorry I was... Yeah, I'll see you next time.